Hey, welcome along. We found it. We found each other, which is a thing. This is James Watt in conversation. Uh, Show talk, where we talk to the big stars of theatre, music, comedy, uh, interesting folk, generally interesting folk. And we found another interesting one today. It's Rick Astley. Yeah, Rick Astley. Uh, He's always out on tour. He's out on tour as we record this at the moment as well. Search him out on the internet. You know where to look. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe to this because you never know when another one of these might pop up from time to time and uh, make your day even more exciting than it is uh, just subscribe and if you want to contact the show at James Watt UK uh, Twitter Instagram uh, all the usual stuff okay let's get on with it we have Rick Ashley standing by so let's say hello hello Rick thank you thanks for having me and it's good to see you looking so good I saw you, I saw you at uh, Rewind a couple of years ago right uh, the crowd and well everybody everybody loved you there those gigs I think are some of the best fun gigs to do because they're not it's not pressure on one person because it's usually a really good lineup. Yeah. And throughout the day or the weekend or what have you, people are going to probably hear, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 more yeah. big records, you know, really big records. Over time, obviously, I know yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. but the st- it's a good trip down memory lane, I think. And therefore, it makes each artist, for me anyway, certainly, it makes it very comfy because you're following someone who's just had a, you know, a really good set and someone usually after you is going to have a good set or if you're on last or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, they're easy, to be honest. They're easy. I don't, I don't know why we get paid to be honest but there you go <laughs> well just take it yeah because i presume you've done those all because they do them all over the world those, they do. Kind of, those kind of sort they of do. 80s do. revival they shows, do i've done they? i've done various gigs like that uh in places well like you know uh dubai for instance bangkok uh south africa um and i, I do i sort of get around gigs on my own as well chile and mexico to do gigs uh, I've been to Australia doing gigs as well and, and everywhere in between, Japan, wow. you know, and obviously Europe and stuff. I'd say I'd say probably, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd say most is probably in this country. Mm. And then second, I couldn't tell you where, but as a, as a, you know, it's probably half here and half the rest of the world, let's say. So I'm really lucky. Is it really all from that one hit where it all led? I think, I think the thing is, there's a lot of artists, and I'm definitely one of them, that have got a song that people associate them with. And, yeah. and I mean, thankfully, I've got one, you know, um... I don't know, it's a funny thing because um, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it's had a bit of a revival on, on, or whatever you want to call it, on, on the internet because certain people have picked it up and used yeah, yeah. it for a thing called Rick Rolling yeah, and various yeah. other things and what have you. So on the one hand, yeah, it's still got a few, I don't know, it's got some legs in it left, maybe that song here and there one way or another. Um, but, you know, I retired for such a long time as well that it's, I don't, I'm not jaded about it. I think more than anything, I appreciate having a song like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, was there, is there, has there ever been a stage where you, you hated that song? No, not, not hated it. No. There's been times when, I think there's been times when, I th- truthfully, where I just think, wouldn't it have been great? I've, listen, I've had a few hits, obviously. I've had yeah, eight, yeah. eight top tens or whatever. Yeah, and I've had yeah, some yeah. in America. And as everyone well, talks and, about that one. Well, <laughs> they do, but I just think, I think, especially because of what's some of the things that have gone on on the internet with that song in the last yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. six, seven, eight years, whatever, it's definitely eclipsed anything else. So and it was my biggest song. What yeah, are you going to yeah. do? It was a great song. And, and it was the biggest hit of that year. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it's called Rick Rolling, this thing. So, yeah. And so yeah. do you know what Rick Rolling really is? Uh, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've been advised. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't in the very beginning when it started all those years ago. It, basically what it is, somebody sends somebody a link in an email and you click on that link and it starts off with whatever you know could could be a beautiful woman could be someone scoring the FA Cup winning goal could be anything could be you know something in America could be something in India could be anything and then all of a sudden 
I sort of uh, edit in uh, with never going to give you up the video and uh, and therefore you've been rickrolled you've Fantastic. been you know and um I didn't get it at first obviously but also in YouTube was kind of in its infancy when that when that you know started so it wasn't a normal thing to be sending people links I mean it was fairly normal but not you know what I mean yeah, you yeah, have yeah. a look at this kind of thing whereas you do it now on your phone yeah. at the drop of a hat don't you, you know so yeah yeah well it's and and <laughs> Do you remember the first time? Did it, did you get sent a Rick roll? I did. Yourself? Somebody Rick rolled me. One of my yeah. friends who lives in America, because uh, obviously that's where it started, and he'd, he'd picked up on it somewhere. So he thought it'd be humorous to Rick roll me, <laughs> and I just I won't tell you what I texted back exactly or emailed back, but because um, I kind of thought, yeah, I've seen that video, I know what that's about. But then and then obviously the penny dropped, and 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 then it grew into a you know a bit of a bubble on the internet and stuff, and. Uh, I mean, it still gets picked up now to be used for certain things, you know, so yeah. I don't know. But I'm not complaining because I think there's a lot of artists who'd be very glad of a bit of, I don't know, a bit of attention. Now, if we take you back to, because uh, Pete Waterman, you know, yeah. uh, of course, he was uh, very influential in the early days with with, with that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did how did that all start for you? How did how did the, how did yeah. you you and Pete and Stockhagen how did yeah. how did you get together? I I met Pete simply because he came to a um, I guess you call it like a, a, a showcase, really, mm. for want of a better word, uh, with three bands, and I was the singer in one of those bands, and he really liked my voice, didn't really want to work with the band, because that's not really his thing, and uh, I was a bit um and about that, you know, what does this guy know, just because he's got a jag and re- red leather trousers, what does he know? <laughs> um, but after a few months and what have you, and he got in contact and said, do you want to come down to London and have a chat about it, so, so I did. And um, in truth and honesty, at that time, Stockett and Waterman weren't a big deal. Nobody really knew who they were, or certainly not outside the industry. Um, and I thought, well, I'll just give it a go. I'll get to live in London for a bit. We'll make a single, whatever. Great, you know, be a bit of fun, see what happens. Don't know what these guys do exactly, but we'll give it a go. And then in the next six months, they became the biggest producers in the world, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but what it also meant was that even though I'd signed a deal with their production company... I kind of got put on the back burner why they made singles for everybody who was out there on every major label because the major labels were throwing bucketfuls of cash at them to make records. Um, so in a way, I was a bit miffed at that. But on the other hand, I got to have an, an amazing kind of window into the whole process that I wouldn't have got otherwise. And um, Pete knew that I wrote songs and stuff. And obviously, Stock Aiken Water, it was about their songs, but he knew I wrote. And um, so when I signed a proper record deal, I signed a proper uh, produ- um, publishing deal. And I used to do my demos with engineers that were making records. Yeah. So they'd be working on like a, a record that was going to be a number one record five weeks later, six weeks later. And they'd be doing my demos at the weekend or at <laughs> night. So in a way, I got really lucky that I got this kind of apprenticeship uh, without having to just kind of just get thrown straight into it, you know. So it's good, really yeah. good. So you, you had that, you had the hit. We all know about that mm. and, and global success mm. with it. La la la. Yeah. It must have been amazing. It was, was. You can, I mean, you, however many times I've tried to sort of even explain to myself what it felt like. I don't think you know. You've got to be in the middle of it to really, really connect with it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's a bit. It is a bit like a kind of a whirlwind daydream, whatever you want to, you know. And I know that's a cliche, but it is because literally you got, you're going from, you know, I'm from a very small town in the north of England. You're going from that and going to London and kind of hanging out and doing this, that, and the other. And then literally every country you go to, your record's number one. So even though I'd never been to Sweden before, I'd been number one there for about eight weeks, I think. That was a bizarre one, you know, because it was like, oh, okay. Because I think I asked the guy when I got off the plane, so how's, how's the record doing here? Uh, you've been number one for eight weeks. All right, okay. That's <laughs> not... So, um, and, you know, I didn't know anything about Sweden. Never been, yeah. you know, and 
and I had that experience with with a lot of countries. And on the one end, you think, well, that's that's great, it's wonderful. Well, it is, but it would have also been, I think, it would have been nice in a way to have a gradual hit rather than a kind of straight out the box bang because. You know, I didn't get to see those countries through the eyes of a tourist or through the eyes of just someone who could just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I arrived and I was on billboards and, and what have you, do you know what I mean? So, Which is great, I'm not knocking yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. it just, it, it's hard to explain it to somebody really, because even I don't really believe it happens sometimes, you know what I mean? It's a bit of a, a weird one. Uh, we, 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 I don't know, maybe you didn't think about it, but were you thinking about, uh, oh, it might all end next week? Um, I, 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 you don't know if you're going to have another hit, that's for sure, because I think, you know... Music is a really bizarre thing, how one record can really, really work, and then another one, people just completely don't get it. And yet, it's the same artist, it's the same album, it's the same, you know, yeah. same producers, what have you, and for whatever reason, one song just doesn't connect. The only thing I'd say about Stock Aitken Waterman stuff is, come on, let's face it, it did have a sound, it did, yeah. it was a bit sort of samey, yeah. so you kind of, and DJs at the time, if that was the kind of music they played, pop music, it worked, because yeah. one record fed into another, and people started emulating the sound that they had a little bit as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you kind of knew that, well, you had a bit of a chance, because, you know, they kind of sound a bit the same, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Rick Ashley, by the way, with us. Rick Ashley, uh, him, uh, and you're on tour. Yeah. It'll be on a website somewhere. It is on a website. Just go and find yeah, it. Google me in tour and you'll find it. You'll find uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm re- it's really exciting. Because you're, you're pretty funny on stage. Uh, I make an effort to enjoy myself, to be honest, because I, I feel that once I've crossed that line of, of walking onto that stage... Um, it is for me to enjoy myself. I know I've got, a, uh, if you like, I've got a slight debt, I feel, with an audience because they've been good to me over the years and I feel that I want to do it for them, but I want to do it for me, so I'm just going to enjoy it, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Now, when you went away, you went away, and now, mm. I've, I, you know, it's a long time ago, you know, all this went on, you know, and, mm. and there was this sort of thing, oh, you've you've given it all up and mm. all that. And yeah. So, was there, was there a, did you give it all up and, or did it give up you? What happened? How, I think I think I, I, there was a few things. Um, I became a father, and m- my wife and I, obviously, you know, I think in everyone's life that becomes a monumental thing, and you, your perspective change, and, and what you kind of want out of your day to day life, and, and, and thinking of the future, and all those things. It all just changes a bit. And I looked at my, you know, pop career, whatever you want to call it, and just thought, does that really work? You know, being a dad and doing that. And of course it can. Of course it can. But for me, I just kind of felt that. If you're going to really try and emulate what you've done before and have proper big hits and what have you and everywhere, you've got to give it everything. And, and it started to dawn on me that I just wasn't willing to do that anymore. I didn't really love the whole... It, it felt a little bit like a, like a conveyor belt and like, a, yeah. like, you know, being a hamster on a wheel or whatever you want to call it. And I just kind of didn't think that I really had it in me to carry on doing it. And so what, I didn't, so did you, what, did, what did he do? Like, did you have, yeah, I hope you had enough money to, I to did, do yeah, not much. I did, I mean, that... that yeah. That's. It, I know it's. You know, some people won't talk about money or think it's crass. I don't. <laughs> I made lots of money, and um, and I, I was really lucky. I was in. A, I was in a period where you sold lots of physical mu- copies of your music. So that generates. Josh, of course, it does. And uh, but it also made it very easy for for me, in my opinion, to make the right decision about things. I didn't have to think. Well, I've got to do a couple more tours, and maybe I've got to do another record because they'll give me a big advance, and even if it doesn't sell, I'll get the advance. And da-da-da-da, you know. It wasn't like that. I literally could just say, well, as long as I'm not stupid, um, I can probably live on that money for the rest of my life, really. I might not be the richest dude in my neighbourhood, but, mm-hmm. you know, I live in a nice neighbourhood, folks. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I knew that I could be okay for the rest of my life, basically. And um, 
And that is, I think at the age that I was, I was like 26, 27, 28, something yeah. like that. It's a bit weird, if I'm honest, because none of my friends had that kind of money. Yeah. None of the guys I'd grown up with and all the rest of it, you know. So when, when you went out for a meal with your buddies, yeah. your old buddies, yeah. were you expected to pay? No, I was never expected to. But did no. you? Uh, I've I've paid I've I've probably paid for more meals than probably some of my friends have, but then again, I also know that you know as time's gone on and they've actually you know got into having real jobs and doing all the rest of it. I think it's sort of equaled out. Um, I've got a friend, I've got some friends, for instance, who like I say, couple you know, but one in particular who's, who's a massive songwriter producer, and he's forever buying me dinner because when he was a struggling musician who came to play keyboards for me. I kind of looked after him a little bit, you know what I mean? And um, I don't look after that's condescending, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I knew he didn't have the money, but we were mates, you know, yeah. so, and, and he would very often say, no, I'm not doing it. And I knew why he was saying no, but we, so, but uh, since he's become far richer than I am, uh, he um, <laughs> he treats me. And look, what, yeah. what made you decide to I think a come out things, in the shadows again? I think a lot of things, uh, our daughter was about 14, 15. She really got into art. She really wanted to... I got this offer to go to Japan, and she really wanted to go to Japan anyway and was quite a bit obsessed about the whole minutiae of uh, the design, that everything that you know comes out of Japan and the things that they do and stuff. And um, my wife really wanted to go as well, and I'd been a few times. And so out of all the offers that came in over those years, I think when that came in for me to go and do gigs there... I think I kind of just got put in a corner and said, look, we're going. One way or another, you're getting on that stage. <laughs> and um, and it was good because I went and did it with sort of with the view that I'll do this and then I'll forget about it. We'll go on and I can just get back to my normal everyday life. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think I think that was partly because I was a bit jet lagged and because it was the... It, I mean, Japan is an amazing country and I absolutely love it. And I, I've been again fairly recently, a couple of years, two years back, I think. Um, and... Uh, it's just one of those very, very special, very different sort of places that you realise um, the world is very small, but it's also very different. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, anyway, doing the gigs, I kind of got up, sang the first couple of numbers, and I just felt like, well, this is easy. I can do this, but I can also do it and then go home and forget about it. And I've kind of been doing that ever since. So for the last eight years or whatever it's been, um, I do gigs. And whether that's, you know, whether that's in a field with 10,000 people, like a rewind or whatever it is, or whether that's in a theatre or whatever, and it's just my own gig, um, I can go and kind of sort of be semi-famous for an evening and then go home and forget about it. You're and, still and pretty familiar. You've still got the same hair and all that. Well, thank you. But um, I think what it is is that for me, um, it doesn't affect my daily life. I live, I live um, pretty close to the River Thames on the kind of outskirts of London. And... I go for a walk, you know, same pretty much patch of, you know, whatever, every, yeah. pretty much every day. Uh, or I'll go and walk a dog with my friend who lives around the corner. And nobody bats an eyelid. Literally nobody bats an eyelid. And we can go into a crowded cafe and there might be a raised eyebrow here and there, but that'll be it. And then literally on a Saturday night, for instance, uh, in Chile, doing this crazy, crazy show that lasts for six nights. There's 15,000 people, I think, in the audience. And it's viewed by, I think, a couple of hundred million people a night. <laughs> So there's the one extreme of doing that, because I was on a night with Lionel Richie, actually. It was like a kind of a, I guess you could say, like an 80s night, if you want to yeah, say, you know. Yeah. And, um, and the rest of it was all uh, Latin acts and what have you. And, and you kind of think, this is a bit weird, because I was recognised a lot, obviously, that week, because it's a real big deal and everybody watches it and everything. So, But then, you know, you get to Heathrow and you get off the plane and nobody recognises me. Uh, and that's... I'm not saying nobody does. That's not yeah, quite but, true, like, but it's not. Mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't affect my everyday life. Yeah. 
And what's that? You got Peter K, isn't he? You mm. buddies with are you, buddies with Peter, or what? I would never profess to say I'm buddies with I him. I because you and Peter did some stuff. Well, yeah, but in a nutshell, I've done a couple of things that Peter's asked me to do. Like when he did his, his spoof kind of X Factor show that he did, I had a little cameo in that, and um, I did a charity event that Peter was hosting, and he asked me would I come and be like the musical act turn. So I did, and we had a bit of a grin doing that. And I think a few things were brewing in his mind about what he was going to do with the, the massive tour he did some years ago. Um, and I think he just thought it'd be funny to have someone open up for him. And um, he's a mu- you know he's a real music fan and he loves music anyway. And I think he just kind of thought... Because I think a lot of time that used to happen in the 70s, but the other way around, where a comedian would open up for... And I think Billy Connolly used to open up for Elton John at times and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think he just thought he was going to, you know, reverse it. And I just think... I don't know, it was just a really amazing thing to do because... I'm used to kind of doing a gig and then moving on and going somewhere else. And yet I went to go and live in Manchester for a month, which was great anyway, because I haven't really spent a lot of time in Manchester for probably 20 odd years, really, or more, you know. Yeah. Um, and yet it was the town that I went to to buy records, buy clothes, do do anything. Do you know what I mean? So that was great. Um, we had a really good time there. And then I went and did the London shows with him as well. And then he went off on tour for a year and a half or whatever it was. But I didn't do all of that. Um, and um, yeah, it was really good fun. I mean, I, I think... It's a really interesting thing when you when you I wasn't part of his show obviously but I mean I got to see the backstage and the, and the kind of like first couple of days of him setting that up and getting it you know the first show on the road. It's really interesting because it's it's very similar to doing a music show on the one end and yet it's very very different. He's still got material as we have but with our songs and what have you we've got a bit more of a suit of armor I think because yeah. you go I know this was a hit. This was a hit. It's been it's been on kind of radio stations yeah, for yeah. twenty five years. Yeah. Not every day, but you know it still gets a play. Da, 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 da. I know it's a hit, and I've got a few of them, thankfully, a few. Um, whereas Peter's going out there, or any comedian is, they're going out there doing new material every time they do it. I know some people saw the show more than once, but it's it's basically he's going up there doing something yeah. from scratch each night for everybody. Yeah, and that I think is that takes some. It was really interesting, and also the detail that he went into in terms of you know directing that show and making sure that because when you see comedians obviously it's verbal a lot of what he does but there's quite a few things that you had to have the cameras on him at the exact right place in the right angle and everything to make that joke work so like literally for days every day he'd come back and he'd do his own kind of sound check which i never thought about any of this you just think we'd get up and tell jokes that's it and stories but it's really interesting to see he's a he's a he's a he's a bit of a perfectionist i think you know so well, what is it? What is it like being the next big? What is it like having all that success? Because you went away for a while, and that, that's uh, really counted for. And then you've come back, and you've had an album a couple of years ago. And you're back with another one. What's it like being very loved again? Uh, it's an amazing feeling, to be honest. In terms of you know, I've I've been out and done lots of gigs where I've sang my old songs over the past ten years. I've been doing that for for about that sort of length of time again, and with other artists from my era, you know, and really enjoying that. Um, but I think to go out with a new record that I kind of made in my garage, played everything, produced it all, thinking I was just doing that as a bit of a fun thing for some fans on the internet uh, and for me, uh, and then that go, you know, platinum and have a number one album, and then obviously you translate that live and you're going out and playing new songs, new songs against 30-year-old ones, and people don't go to the bathroom when you do them. That's quite an amazing feeling. Um because we've all done it. You go and see one of your favourite bands and you say, I'm going to play your song from the new album. You think, I'm just going to nip to the loo. Um, <laughs> you do. Let's Come on, let's 
confess to that. We do. Um, not always, but it does happen. And I think it's been an amazing moment to see the audience just stay where they are and, and just love the new songs as much as the old ones. So that's been incredible. I, I sometimes get to think I know a little bit about you, you know, about your life and uh, about your love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think, you know, it's it's not all gone as... It, it appears to be very smooth from the outside, but, you know, there's some sorrow in some of those love songs, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there, there is, yeah, but also I, I you know, I, as a very small kid, my mum and dad divorced when I was about four or five, I think, something like that, and, and they'd had... I never got to know him because uh, they'd had a son who passed away before I was born, and so there was definitely some lingering uh sadness in our house that never went away i think and i think as a kid i i i experienced a lot of things everyone does like being loved by your mum and dad and all the rest of it and and you know and i had brothers and sisters who took care of me as well because i'm the youngest but at the end of the day you can sense there's something not right and people especially back then people didn't talk about stuff like that they just kind of tried to put it somewhere else and you know deal with it in their own way it wasn't as touchy-feely and as as open as it is today in terms of having conversations about the hard stuff you know and so i think lyrically now um i'm more inclined to write about i mean i am more inclined to put things into songs that certainly have a meaning to me uh whether it translates to everybody i don't know but for me it's there and i appreciate my wife and our daughter and our family and my wife and I are still together after all these years. We've known each other 30 years now. And I kind of hang on to that tooth and nail because I know what it felt like for me as a kid to lose that. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, <laughs> You've done this song in your back garage or your nice little yeah. studio you've got at home, mm. okay? Do you go mm. you know, you go a bit back in for a uh, tea or something in the uh, after you've done a bit all day and then just sort of say, hey, hey, love, have a listen to this. What do you reckon to this? Well, I have to because she manages me, so I have to do that anyway. I know I'm going to be sat in a boardroom at a record label at some point and she's got to play it to them with me. And uh, if she doesn't like it, then I, I don't... I mean, don't get me wrong, if she didn't like a song, I would still put it on there, do you know what I mean? Because that might just be her particular thing that she doesn't like that one. But if 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 she and certain friends and even our daughter and members of my family and everything, if they all pick up on a song and go, that one's a dud, yeah. I'm, I'm going to listen. Of course I'm going to listen, do you know what I mean? I'm not daft, do you know what I mean? It's kind of... But I, there's a, there's like a kind of I, I struggle a lot with wanting to have a song that someone can get into it on the first, second, third listen because it's just the way I am. I, I I've got albums that never made it, you know, by certain favourite artists of mine. Do you know what I mean? Albums yeah. that I thought were great, but they never sort of like a day sort of thing. But generally speaking, I'm a bit middle of the road in terms of like I, I'm a sucker for a really good, catchy, big song. I just, it's just the way I am. I mean, we talked about Robbie Williams before. Look at his career. I mean, you, you, the, you know what I mean? You only have to look at certain careers that people have been around for so long. If you don't give them something people can sing along with in a gig, you're going to struggle at some point. You know what I mean? So that's I still hang my hat on that. So hey, Well, great to talk to you, Rick. Great to, glad to know you're doing, you're doing okay for yourself nowadays. I was worried for a while, uh, but you seem to be doing okay. <laughs> I'm all right, love. I'm all right. Uh, Rick Astley, lovely to talk to you. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks, James. There you go. One Rick Astley. He's always out and about on tour, so if you're picking this up late, uh, he may have finished it, but he's currently out there doing his thing worldwide as ever. Uh, This is James Watt in Conversation. Show Talk is the official title. Welcome along. Uh, Don't forget, subscribe away, and uh, one of these will pop up every now and again. We don't say when, okay? Interesting folk we try and talk to in the entertainment industry. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time round.